The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. So you tuck you have to tell me if this is if this is close. Yeah. Mashi soyo. Very close, yeah. Hey. So what did I say? You said um that was tasty. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it. Dietary Requirements, the Spinoffs Food Podcast. Each month we get together to talk about the cultural, social and political function of food. And we're joined by the some of the buzziest people in the New Zealand food scene. It's also a really good excuse to eat and drink delicious things. Today we'll be drinking soju at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm unsure if that's a good idea or a bad idea. I'm your host, Simon Day, and as always, I'm joined by the spin-off's food editor, Alice Neville. Kia ora. And hospitality boss, Sophie Gilmore. Good morning. Who just celebrated her birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Sophie. Birthday, Happy Sophie. birthday, Sophie. Thanks very much, guys. Today, we're also joined by Chef Yutak Son to celebrate Chusok. Did I get that yep. close? Yeah, no, you got that perfectly. Which is the equivalent of, is Korean Thanksgiving close? Yeah. Yep. And it's the most important eating event in the Korean calendar, is that right? Yes, yeah. A lot of food. <laughs> Already my favourite holiday in Korea. <laughs> Sophie's going to have to break her intermittent fasting to um, to participate today. Yeah, twist my rubber arm. Quickly a message from our sponsors, because this podcast and all our food coverage would not be possible without the support of the wonderful Freedom Farms. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how the animal has been farmed, and their pork, bacon, and free-range eggs are really delicious, and we wouldn't be here without them. So please buy their goods and just send them lots of love. So post-lockdown one, Yutak took the reins in the kitchen at the shed, the restaurant at Waiheke's Temoto Vineyard. Very impressive pedigree coming from... Places like Orphan's Kitchen, Cedart, and Black Estate. And we're really honoured to be able to celebrate Chusok with you. Can you tell us a little bit about the holiday and how you'd celebrate it traditionally? So like traditionally Chusok for Thanksgiving, it's the end of harvest in Korea. So you have a lot of plentiful food. Um, it's also the time where you make kimchi. Um, and you make, I don't know, buckets, tons of it so that you can preserve it for the winter. Every family does. Yeah, I've, I'm probably less so now 
with modern times, but back in the days, a lot cool. of families will get together and make kimchi and then have that preserved for the winter. Um, but it's just giving thanks to an- their ancestors as well as the people around you. And people kind of travel around to visit their family, is that? Yeah, yeah. you do not want to be driving in. Um, yeah. Chuseok. <laughs> uh, Jihee, our Korean colleague at the spin-off, said they'd kind of advise people to not go driving, mm. go visiting their relatives because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. must be really hard because yeah. that's like the one time a year that, you know, you see like long relatives and yeah. maybe your parents that live rurally as well. Yeah. And, and you, just to touch on your your cooking, because you've you've cooked in restaurants that aren't specifically Korean. No, yeah. But how does uh, Korean food and uh, the approach and the understanding of, a f- of, of food from your heritage influence the way um, you work in, in these kitchens? Working in these kitchens, it's been a, a big learning curve in terms of how I approach my heritage and discovering my heritage as well. I recently went back to Korea a year ago now, and before that... It was my first time in seven years since I've been back and there was, a, there was so much discovery, so much to learn about the culture and it was beautiful that I can do that through food. Um, I'm not fluent in my language, but catching up with my auntie and my mum and my relatives, I could still communicate th- with them with food. How um, old were you when you came here? Uh, I was eight years old. Right. Yeah, yeah. Grew up in the North Shore. I think that's a really interesting point is there's... There's no two better ways to learn about a culture or participate with one than language mm. or, or food. Yes. And if you don't have one, the other really helps. Yeah. I, I lived in Denmark for a year and one of my um, Kiwi cousins married a Dane and I joined them for Christmas, uh, which is a really important part of Danish culture. You know, they eat and eat and eat and eat. And there were um, an older generation there that didn't speak English at all. Mm. And it didn't matter. We were able to communicate and participate with each other through, you know, this crazy nine-course traditional <laughs> Danish feast. Yeah. And and I think it's such a, a wonderful, powerful part of food. And and part of what um, you're doing, this Chosok in Auckland, what, in New Zealand, or the, are the packages going out beyond? No, it was just Auckland. But should we talk about that? Because we haven't, you know, the, the satellites collab. Yes. But that's something you're doing, this Chosok with, uh, in Auckland, with the, the food packages that you're sending out. It's, it's, a ho- it's a holiday that I wouldn't have heard of without this campaign. So can you tell us a little bit about what's involved and, and what, we're, what we're eating? The kwaja or kaja. Kwaja means snack and kaja means like, let's go. This is all organised through satellites, through the Korean embassy and what we're going to be eating in the recipe books they're Korean food, but you wouldn't eat these during Chuseok time. We just wanted to make it a bit more contemporary and a bit more fun for people to be introduced to Korean food. So we've got kimchi fried rice, which is, you get that anywhere in Korea. Dumplings, mandu, we really tried to focus on making it vegetarian just so that we can approach everyone. Yeah, it's been a very fun project. And a whole lot were given away on social media, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah all 50 boxes. And have people um, received them and they are already cooking them? Or are uh, they yeah. holding off for Chuseok tomorrow? What's the deal? I hope they've cooked it off. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we did it like a then. week ago now. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I've seen lots of people on, so- on Instagram posting what they've cooked. Cool. But if you are yeah. listening to this and haven't, uh, cooked your rice yet? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Cook. Maybe. <laughs> maybe everything other than the the rice. 
yeah, cook another batch of rice just in case. So when I think of Korean food, it, it's it's a relatively recent discovery for me, but is mm-hmm. um, you know it probably started with you know doing live barbecue and um, what does High Street become? Lawn Street. Lawn Street. Street. Uh, then more recently, people like David Chang, yes, uh, fried chicken, and then obviously the huge rise of kimchi as well. Yeah, uh, we got sent a briefing pack from the embassy. It was quite exciting. I felt like I was um, a spy or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Receiving an email from an embassy. <laughs> New mm. Zealand is a really big consumer of kimchi. Yeah, it was like number eleven, right? Yeah, and sixth yeah. highest among Western countries. That's crazy. What so, are the other countries above us? Obviously, oh, the, Korea. The, the briefing oh. package wasn't that. No, among uh, Western countries. So we're eleventh oh. in the went eleventh in the world, but yep. I'm assuming places like China. Japan and China yeah. uh, order more with big Korean populations as well. Mm. But do you think it's a per capita thing? Because that would be extremely <laughs> impressive if it wasn't. What is what is Korean food when you think about it? What are you what are you cooking when you're cooking um, food from your heritage? Lots of love. Lots of umami for me as well. Like yes, there's there's a lot of funky flavors. Um, in Korea, there is this crab that's marinated in soy, and it just the soy has enough salt to preserve it. So um, you don't cook it at all, and you eat it raw, and you suck out the guts out of it. And it's pretty grotesque, but it's <laughs> delicious. <laughs> was your um, mother the cook in your household? She was a solo mum, so she she was working a lot, and right. she wasn't like the the conventional. Uh, Korean female. Yeah. So she worked a lot of her time, and um, so when we came to Korea, she had to learn how to cook, and that was the first for her because we just always would eat takeaways. And when you came to New Zealand from Korea, uh, sorry, in New Zealand, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So um, she had to learn how to cook, and that was a fun experience for both parties, I think. <laughs> are, are you a better cook than her? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no hesitation. So yeah. when you went, did you go to chef school? Um, yes, I went to NSIA in Albany. Oh, yeah. Um, and did like a diploma there. How did long is that diploma? One year, yeah. Right. Just one year. I wanted to quickly back check and test you two and myself. Who who do you, who, do you think you're a better cook than your mum? Um, I think I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to say yes. Listening. Sorry, Pam. <laughs> it's going to be controversial. I think it's taken me a long know. time, but then I went and did actual training at a cooking school, But and I needed that to beat her, I think. Mm. I, I don't think I got there yet. Don't I can't, you? I can't beat my mum. We're all quite different off your cooks. Mom's bacon, yeah, I was bacon s- cooking skills on this podcast, though. Well, yeah. We don't have a microwave in the studio, yeah. unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's like you can't compare apples with oranges. Like, my sister's quite a different cook to me. Um, and then my mother is a different cook to her. So Difference yeah. in like what you guys cook? Or yeah, so my sister tends to cook um, more um, Mediterranean and like meat-focused dishes. Mm. Um, and then she uses shitloads of herbs and everything, which I love. Um, and then my mother is quite a traditional French and Italian cook. Mm. And then I love cooking Asian food. Maybe we all need to live in the same house. Yeah, totally. And what would you be eating on Chuseok? Um, so you'll be eating a lot of dock, which is rice cakes. And there's a whole variety of different rice cakes. Um, and you'll be eating um, rice cake soup, which has egg, anchovies, um, slither of rice cakes. And that's sort of to celebrate um, 
you eat that in New Year's as well. Yum. Um, so is that like the rice cake sort of act like dumplings in the soup? Sliced. Yeah, sliced, yeah, sliced rice cakes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been texting Yum. with our k- Korean friend Paul this morning. He uh, he told me to ask you about pajeon, and apparently that that's a super secret chosok uh, food. What is that? I don't know what pa is, but chon is um, a Korean style pancake. Like this, uh, you eat a lot of chon, like depending on the household. So when I went back to Korea in Chuseok, we ate perilla leaf chon, which mm. is um, sesame leaf with uh, beef mince inside, and then you fry it on a big frying pan with egg as your mix. Oh, yum. Yeah. But, yum. Mm, pa chon, I should know. I don't feel Korean anymore. This is making me hungry. <laughs> Where? What's your favourite Korean restaurant in Auckland? Terrible is a really good one. They do like sunde, like Korean blood pudding. And is it more traditional or uh, it's, like yeah, very traditional. fashionable? No, no, it's traditional. What do yeah. you think of all these fashionable modern Korean joints I like popping them. up? Yeah, yeah, I like them. Yeah, yeah. The I think it's made it, the, the cuisine really visible and accessible mm. and, and ex- exciting. Yeah, totally. And like, um, you know... And the famous words of like David Chang, like authenticity does not exist anymore. Yeah. A lot of cultures molding, uh, molding together. Into yeah, a like that. Um, it's almost like a bao bun at, well, it's a um, milk bun at Gochu with the bur blanc all over it. Ooh, oh my good. god, it's delicious! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they said it had bur blanc on it, I thought he had used a Korean word and I just didn't hear it. So I was like, <laughs> the bur <laughs> and then he said beurre blanc. I was like, oh, right. So the French sauce. Yeah. Why do you think it has become so kind of trendy, Korean food? Is it just something different that people hadn't discovered yet? I think um, kimchi's definitely come trendy through uh, health ne- health wants, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. like a lot of probiotics in kimchi. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just like... It's just delicious. Yeah. Koreans do <laughs> Maybe I'm biased. Um, it's big fried flavors. chicken really well. And yeah. I think yeah. we can all agree that that's gone viral. Yeah, Can totally. you say that anymore in 2020? Gone viral. It's got a new meaning now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's funny that it's the, the, the health probiotics of kimchi and then fried chicken are the, yeah. <laughs> the, two, <laughs> the two Trojan horses of uh, Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that, fried chicken just keep, seems to be like the thing that keeps on keeping on. Like yeah. we just need a new trend. Yeah. I wrote an article last year for a um, an appliance distributor, and the title of it was "Fried Cauliflower is the New Fried Chicken," mm. and they said more people clicked on that than anything they've ever posted. Really? <laughs> I was like, it's just because they saw the words "fried chicken." Yeah. Well, there's fried cauliflower recipe in, in here. That there was is. in the that went out of the satellite box. Welcome to try it out anytime. Yeah. Because yeah. that's another thing I think of when I eat Korean food is it's quite spicy. Yes. It's got, it's got a, a zut to it, a real yeah, heat. like a real kick. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's just big flavors, isn't it? And people yes. like that. It's yeah. not. It's not really subtle. Well, I'm sure there is subtleties in it, but yeah, totally. I think that's why it goes. And you know, it goes well and with sort of drinking and things yeah. that. Lagers like doing lagers, yeah. Can you explain why A, you share all the food, but B, traditionally you eat in silence? Because to me, sharing's like you're talking and eating and sharing. Yeah, I, I don't think it's um, as regimented as maybe I, meant it, I mentioned it. It's, it, it. it's just the culture that, I don't know, I've just grown up with you, when you're eating, like the food is the focus. Yeah. And you're appreciating the food. And um, I find that now, 
that when there is silence in the dining room, it's just the biggest compliment that you can get. Yeah, because right. They are just, you know, fully immersed in the food. I think that often happens naturally, and yeah, and you know you've done well. Totally, as the chef, when that happens, is there's been a vibrant conversation yeah. uh, throughout the waiting period, mm. and then suddenly the table's quiet because mm. everyone just can't stop engaging with their food. Yeah, and it's hard to talk with your mouth full, you know. Like, yeah, I quite like the idea <laughs> of eating goodness. in silence. I yeah. hate it when I'm just like, shut up. I just like. <laughs> <think so. laughs> too fast because I get too excited about how delicious it is. I think I need a bit of a yarn to slow me down. (laughs) Um, Japanese culture, there's an equivalent saying that is if you're eating, just eat. You know, like it's about mindful eating and actually being present in the moment and and chewing your food and tasting it and feeling how it feels in your body. So I can kind of understand that. I ate by myself at Hiokai last year and it it was really like that. It was a really interesting experience where I wasn't photographing the food. I wasn't trying to explain my feelings about it with someone else that I was with. I just got to sort of appreciate it and understand it and, you know, have this moment with it. It was a really amazing but quite weird experience. Mm. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, it it was. I highly recommend um, going out somewhere that's, that's really dedicated to a... Not just feeding you, but giving you a sort of start to finish experience. Yeah, I handed my phone over to the waitress and just really engaged with the food. It was really, really fun and exciting and yeah. odd. Yeah, I wow. think eating alone is like very underrated. Oh, I love eating alone. Same. <laughs> it's so good. You find it so hard to be alone at all other times, Ellis. I know, well, I got, You'd be I've, on Slack. Well, I have know, critical sure. FOMO, you know, but mm. same. I think I'm too extroverted to even enjoy eating alone. I don't know, like at lunchtime, not so much here, but in other places I'd work, you know, and I'd want to go off and have lunch by myself, and then someone would be like, oh, what are you, when are you going for lunch? When are you, should we, and yeah. like, oh. Maybe it's a huge compliment to your colleagues at the spin-off that you'd like to eat in their company. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> no, I think it's just that I don't have time to take lunch breaks. Yeah. Never eat alone at Chosok, though, right? No, mm. never. No, never. Um, yeah, you, you're surrounded by family. And Is it you, extended family? Like everyone's invited? Yeah. Yeah, and but it just depends on like let's say um, let's say if my wife was Korean, she would come to my chuseok rather than going to her family's chuseok. Every year Christmas she has to. She can't go one year. Next we do one well, year Christmas with my husband's family. Next year is my family. Yeah, traditionally like she'll be married into my family, but yeah, I'm sure things have changed now. But there are um, some still quite rigid uh, social traditions in yes. Korea. Uh, the friend Paul I mentioned earlier, he's talked about how. Um, when you're out drinking, you know, you can't go home until the, the eldest has decided to go home as yeah. well. Oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, the, the youngest is always paying, is that right? Oh my God. No, the oldest is always paying. Oh, that always makes sense. Yeah, so it's like a real benefit to anyone that goes out with the elders. But yeah, you're <laughs> right. Like, um, let's say if you go out with your colleagues and your boss go out drinking, you can't go home until your boss is finished. <laughs> Taking home as well. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome, and also what and a great bill, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and what a great way to make sure that the older generation is still still relevant. Yeah. Everyone just wants to invite them to dinner all the time. I yeah. love that. And if they invite you, you cannot decline. Really? Yeah. yeah. Shall we make a drink and something to eat? Yeah. On that, yeah, on sure. that note. So I'll make the drink, but can you can you tell me what to do? It's a soju mixed with beer. Yeah, and people can get pretty like fanatical about it. There is like a certain ratio that you should go by. So it's one shot. In a way, it's like one-third soju and two-thirds beer. Some people can, 
yeah, would, and what would sort object. of beer would you traditionally use? Um, yeah, Cloud's Great, Height, whatever you find in Korean barbecue places. So we've got a, um, I, I like this note on the back of the soju. Jinro uses bamboo charcoal filtration to produce the cleanest tasting soju with less hangover. No, yes. that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though, like marketing yourself on basically being vodka, but without the hangover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kia ora, this is Toby Manhai. Please forgive my interrupting this podcast, which is a very good podcast indeed. I just wanted to alert you to the existence of another podcast, a politics podcast called Gone by Lunchtime. Join me, Annabelle Lee Mather, Ben Thomas, Merv, the bad boys of Brexit, in a paddock full of baby yaks every week in the lead up to the election for a recap of all the biggest, best and most ridiculous developments from the campaign trail. Subscribe now wherever you normally listen to podcasts. Kia ora, my name's Duncan Grieve, and I'm Managing Editor at The Spin-Off. This podcast, like so much of the work we do at The Spin-Off, is made possible by the support of our members. To find out more about The Spin-Off members and how you can help us keep producing quality, independent journalism, visit members.thespinoff.co.nz today. Oh, I don't know if you guys had a nod out on soju, but it's, it's horrendous. I feel like that I remember once at some party when I was about 19, someone had soju and it being dangerous. Yeah. It's a very diverse teenage years, Alice. I yeah, just, I know, it would, would have been like with. a, it would have been a party at like, with a bunch of white kids in Calvin or something in Wellington, but someone had been to Korea and had soju, so it wasn't that exotic. Well, we definitely yeah, went through a phase of drinking like exotic spirits. There was, Midori was quite big for a while. Ooh. I'm not sure Midori yeah, is not sure exotic, that counts. it's like. <laughs> Isn't it? It's green. Tri- Pardon? It's green. Yeah, but it's traditionally Japanese melon-flavoured carry yeah, but it's also like, you know. Is it artificial? I mean, no, the flavour tastes like fake melon, doesn't it? Mm, I Do love fake. Have, have you guys oh, yeah. had a melona before? No, no what's, what's that? that? Oh, man. Definitely need to try it. It's like a Korean ice cream. Melon-flavoured ice cream. Okay. People used to just raid their parents' liquor cabinets, I guess, and just whatever was going. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I definitely grew up on Heineken and um, Glenfiddich. <laughs> What a la dee da. I remember um, my dad had a couple of friends over and they were going to do a sort of a whiskey tasting session and he opened his cabinet for the sort of the first time in two years. Oh, this is a lot smaller than I remember. And it because I had it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my sisters used to top up. The with water? water? Yeah. I always just thought it was such a rookie era. Like you're definitely going to get caught, just not today. And then you just grab a chopstick. Uh, a spoon and a chopstick, and then that will mix everything together. Oh my god! Or like, there are other ways that you can grab two chopsticks like this, um, and then Ooh. just mix it together. Is there a big awesome. um, drink? How would you compare the drinking culture in Korea with New Zealand? Um, it's pretty heavy. Is yeah. it? Yeah, it's like I feel like Korean culture is like work hard and play hard. Right. Um, so like after work, you would just. Yeah, everyone drinks. Yeah, on a bender. Weekday, weeknight. <laughs> really? That, yeah. Sounds quite similar to Japan, like the salary men. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is that Working similar up. culture in Japan where you can't go home until the boss yeah. is? You'll find. Um, it's probably more polite. You know, you probably have to put them to bed and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, in their perfect I remember bed with their perfect poor sheet. Yeah. <laughs> salary men who had missed the last train home oh, and yeah. were asleep in the squat position on the platform mm-hmm. and were just going to have to go back to work in the morning. Fuck. 
Oh, Koreans, God. I once heard someone describe Koreans as like the Italians of Asia. Would you say that's right? Like really like fiery and emotional and fun. Mm, yeah, or like I'll say Italian slash German because oh, yeah. we can be quite blunt. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Jihee is definitely blunt. I'll give you that. I'll call it. But like ironically, there's a lot of pleasantries and tradi- like yeah. traditional manners as yeah. well. But when, yeah, maybe professionally when you're working or like when you're asking something, they'll just tell you what they think. Oh, I like That's the good. sound of that. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? That There's a lot really? of. Um, I read Sorry, something I recently about a thank you about a um, Danish woman that was had been living in London for quite a few years, and she was only just getting used to. If you ask someone something, you have to sort of say. I'm awfully sorry to bother you. If you pl- if you don't mind for just a moment, can yeah. you please consider? And she's like, in Denmark, I'd just be like, pass me the paper. <laughs> you know, people yeah. think she's rude. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. right. It must be hard coming to New Zealand and working out what things like yeah nah mean. <laughs> yeah. Took I heard while. someone yesterday say yeah nah, and then the woman next to him goes yes, yes no. <laughs> I was like, she's doing yeah nah, but the longer version. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Could you pass me another beer? Of- Course. Has Korea got a craft beer scene? Yes, it has. Yeah, I um, just, it would. yeah, in the last five years, yeah. it's been booming over there. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, let's try it. So, when would we be drinking this? What time of the day? Um, Not 10 a.m., I'm guessing. Well, maybe for some people, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true sock. Is it um, an after work kind of? One? Yeah, this is like. Same well, time as a beer. Yeah, what you'll have like during barbecues. There is like um. No, it's not doing anything. <laughs> Maybe it is. There's usually like crunch. tall glasses that you yeah, get right. in every barbecue house, and you just put the whole chopstick in. It's like this oh. much submerged, and bang it, and it mixes everything through. I What's like the it. Korean equivalent of cheers. Kombe. 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 And it's it's not so like um in Europe uh, like Western culture you always look people in I the eye. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to uh, do no, that. No, you do. No, no, you don't. You just go cheers. Great, because I, I find that quite stressful. The eye contact. <laughs> Are you looking at me? Yeah. Also, there was a thing that I read where you pour someone a shot and then they have to drink it, but they don't look at you while they drink it. But then you have to pour them a shot. It depends. Yeah, like if I was um, pouring for Alice and I don't know how how everyone's ages, but if I was pouring for like an elder. Alice is the elder. I'm the elder. Significantly. Respect me. (laughs) (laughs) I should drink away, really. But um, yeah, you usually drink away from them. Right. And then after... You've taken the shot, and if they would like a shot, they um, they hold their glasses, and you pour with both hands. Yeah, as a sign yeah. of and respect. It, and what you pour with two hands or one hand, and the other hands on the hand. Yeah, usually it's just always like this. You just touch. Yeah, just go like this and pour. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or you can do it with both hands like this as well. Maybe we should celebrate true sock properly next year and do all of the things. Yeah. yeah. This is just as like a like you do it any time around the year. It's pouring, the pouring rules. Yeah, pouring rules, drinking rules. Yeah. Anytime. Like when It'd you're be out so weird college. if I was in the middle of a combo with you and I was like, great point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, thank you. Yeah, so it's like rude to face you while I'm sipping, just the act of sipping, and then it's fine to look back straight away. Yeah, yeah. But what if I've got someone on both sides of me? So I'm like, look away from you, but then I'm They're both me. older than you. It's oh. just, the, it's a, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> No, but is yeah. there just one elder? You step away. Mm-hmm. Is it like there's one at the table? So would Alice be treated as the elder? Yeah. Or Eldest, is, yeah. It, is it then that you have to do that to me because I'm older than you yep. as well? Yeah. Oh. Depends if we're friends or not as well. But like I, I'm just meeting you now. Yeah. And 
And I don't know how regimented it is now with modern times and a new generation coming. Yeah. But usually I would drink away from all of you guys. Uh-huh. And if we're friends, it's chill. You don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's a, that's a hard privilege to get to. Oh, really? You've got to be, like, really good friends. Like, you've got to be real good buddies, yeah. But oh, my God, imagine if you had, year, like, some friends that you were really good friends with and then some that you just kept turning away from <laughs> to drink. You're like, you're not quite there yet, Simon. I feel like we're there, so. You're there, you're there. Me and Alice, more like colleagues. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> drink away. Drink oh, away. my gosh, how funny. I'd also just like to point out I'm only, like, a few months older than Simon, so I'm not. I'm not as, you know, yeah, as elderly as your you. yeah, parents. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Someone thought I was 55. Oh, my recently. gosh. A bit sad. You know, How old were they? got a bit of salt and pepper in the they beard. 15? No, they would have been like 35. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Same age as That's you. That's brutal. It's what having children does to you, I think. So this is delicious. I really like the way was say the that soju too. sort of provides a sharpness and like a... A cleanliness to it. It's, it's. I'm not a massive mm. beer drinker, um, but I've noticed I tend to like things that have beer in them. So, in Mexico, a lot of like micheladas we mm, were drinking. I like them, and I like the idea of this because it's yeah, it's sharper and it's lighter. It's very drinkable. Mm. Because what is the soju like? Twenty percent or something? Yeah, yeah. So the one that you guys bought is twenty-one percent. Yeah, is that the standard pour? That's the original. Yeah, I can see daikon. Yep. So what have you brought to make us today? Um, so today I'm making gaktugi, which is a fermented daikon kimchi. I've got in this container some salt and sugar, and I'll just mix that through. And then during the interview, I'll mix in the other chili and garlic and ginger. Make as much mess as you want. I'll just clean it up. Okay, sweet. So yeah, I'm just um, mixing the salt and sugar through. Salt, sugar, both. Um, what they tend to do is extract moisture Water, out of yeah. the thing out of the daikon today. Is daikon um, really popular in Korean cuisine? Yes, yeah. Daikon, yeah, you usually have it in kimchi or um, you can have it in stews as well. Like there's a f- um, very good stew called meontang, which is made out of fish. And you have fish frames, you have every part of the fish, and you have braised daikon and potato at the bottom. It's very tasty. It just absorbs the stew flavour. Cool. And are there lots of different kinds of kimchi? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds. Mm. There's like eggplant kimchi, cucumber kimchi, anything that you can ferment, they've done it, you know. And it's the household normal run-of-the-mill kimchi, a cabbage of some sort? Yep, yep, wangbak kimchi. And And when I think of fermentation, I always think it takes a long time. Mm. Is that not necessarily true? Um, depends, like, in so I guess Koreans have developed, like, a niche uh, taste of it, but it depends how sour you want, um, and it depends what you're eating. So, like, something like soup, um, like kimchi stew, you want a very sour um, kimchi, which has taken at least a week or two to ferment, or even longer sometimes. Because that's going to flavour the whole broth. Yeah, right. yeah, add the acidity and um, the umami. But let's say if you're at a barbecue... Or you're just having a bowl of rice, you want some something fresh. So you have kimchi that's only like two or three days old. Do you know that's why dogs bury bones? It's to allow them to ferment. Oh, really? really? And release the goodness that fermentation wow. creates. And they just like that bit of funk on their bone as well. So Interesting, because yeah, yeah. it's an instinct, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Dogs like they know always they trying to bury, bury bones like under the, like in carpet, just like desperately trying to push carpet over something. <laughs> I'm like, it's not going to work, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like the dry aging. But I think it's quite interesting with, um, you know, kimchi for rookies. Mm. It's so easy. Mm. Like, put it all in a bowl, put a bunch of salt and sugar on it, toss it all around, shove it in a jar. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, push it underneath some liquid, ideally. Yeah, I've got to make kimchi. Like three days I've done later, sauerkraut the other day. Mm. So easy. They're, they're so similar. Yeah, it's just um, different flavors. What defines good or bad then? For is, is kimchi really hard to fuck up? Um, yeah, it's hard to fuck up, but at the same time, um, like you can get very specific with it, like the yeah, like of for each occasion. Yeah, as well as like so, like right now we're doing the marinating process, and for this size daikon, which is like a centimeter and a half. You want to marinate it for in salt for an hour, uh, 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and what that does is you're getting the ideal texture and you'll rinse it in water so that it stops drawing moisture out and then you'll add the spices in. So you essentially you're just picking at what texture you like. If you like it really firm, then you'll probably marinate it only for a shorter second. Or if you, yeah. What's your spice mix? What's your magic spice mix? Magic spice mix here is uh, Korean chili paste, uh, chili powder, sorry. Um, garlic, ginger, spring onions, and a bit of soy sauce. Usually you'll add like fish sauce or an oyster or two in there, but um, I think really? I'll just keep it vegetarian. Yeah. An yeah. oyster? For kimchi, you can add like any like type of so- oyster sauce. Oh, oyster sauce. No, you can add oyster. An actual oyster? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's in the recipe too. Oh, cool. Let's do eight raw oysters or 150 grams shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. That or is like, such a vibe. Yum. How is oyster sauce made? I was actually thinking about this on the weekend. Oyster sauce is made through um, dehydrating oysters and until they're black. And then after that, you'll just um, boil water over top and reduce it. And that's how oyster sauce is made. But the... Is that Lee Kum or I forget what yeah. it's called? Yeah. Lee Kum Ki. Yeah, yeah. Their ones, I think, is synthetic. What's synthetic oyster? Well, Science, they've, they've like thickened it with like sugar and thickened it with other things rather than having a natural. Oh, like it's not pure. Like, yeah. like tomato sauce. <laughs> I thought you meant they just had some sort of lab oyster on the go. <laughs> <laughs> Extracted like the exact flavour yeah. molecule. Oh, wow, and that's actually quite clever. It could be, yeah. That, that's happening though. Like yeah. some oyster sauce will be lab, lab oyster. Yeah. But sauces like that always trip me out. Like how many sesame seeds do you think it takes to make a bottle of sesame oil? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of seeds. Millions. Your obsession with sesame seeds always always comes up in the pot, eh? I love so it. I, I they think, are good. I, I can't think of anything that sesame seeds don't go on. Like I put on ice cream. Mm. Uh, I, yes. had, I had peanut butter toast and I yes. had some toasted sesame seeds. So like just I think if you keep going, yeah. I'm, it's going to be like a no, Simon. Don't put sesame seeds in there. I can't, I can't think of anything that, it w- that I, I wouldn't put, put it in... Um, <laughs> Like Italian food. I no, 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 it's mm. good. I wouldn't it whip it through a carbonara. You, you should add, it's like a little bit of ex- texture and a nuttiness. Mm. I'm not sure, Simon. No, I think But I right. take your point. No. They're very versatile. Yeah. It's yeah, really good. <laughs> I've been watching um, MasterChef Back to Win. Has anyone else watched that? No. So I have Australia? Yeah. I have the only good MasterChef. I have not watched mm. MasterChef for 10 years. So it's literally the people that nearly won the show. So like Poe and Callum, oh. do you remember them? They're back yeah, on the show with the, the other nine seasons runner-ups and they're all cooking off against each other. So good. the cooking is epic. The food is like looks amazing and it's great. Is it George? No, 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 no. The little ball guy? George Columbaras. Remember there was a big... Oh, he's, yeah, uh, he got cancelled. He exploited his yeah. stuff. Well, 
Okay. <laughs> I actually think that's an interesting... We'll talk about it another day, but yeah. he actually f- had fobbed off the responsibility of payroll to someone else who had then not paid out proper annual leave. And then as soon as he was aware of it, he came forward, spoke about it, repaid the employees and apologised and still got just still like all over the coals and all his, all, his, mm. all his restaurants are closed and everything. I oh, thought it was no. really sad. So he looked like an MMA fighter. Like he, he really changed his body shape, which is what I wanted to talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Can I go back Also for another day. Kimchi? Yes, what is, please. What's the ch- Korean chilli powder called? Um, gochugaru. Yeah, that's right. Gochugaru. Yeah, this is what we have here. Yeah. Yeah. What, what makes it unique? Gochu is a variety of... Um, um, chili that's just grown. Where do you Korea. buy Korean chili powder? And you can buy them from like Asian convenience stores. Okay. Usually, like even like Taiping will have. And is that only? That's what that. All of that is just the Korean chili powder. Yeah. It's like shiny flecks. Yeah, and you can <laughs> and you can get it. Um, like that's coarse. I prefer coarse. Yeah. But you can get it really fine as okay. well. Okay, that's why it looks cool because it's coarse. I think. Yeah. It's Would not it what be I was expecting. Gross for me to taste, or should I try it? Um, I'll, I'll give it a mix. Because he's got spring onion and um, soy sauce and stuff in there too. Yeah. You know, if I come to the shed, yeah, will will there be kimchi sn- snuck into the menu and um, gochu yes. and yeah, yeah, like subtly. So um, I'm, cool. making, I'm doing like a lot of charcuterie at um, at the shed at the moment. We're getting whole pigs and. We're breaking it apart, and I made some salami, which is ones like finocchione, which is Italian salami, and then the other one I experimented with Korean chili, garlic, and ginger. Because um, it's, yeah, there's awesome. a very famous Korean dish called cheokbokum, which is like stir fried pork with like gochujang and gochugaru. Yeah. It's really interesting just tasting that. It's, it's distinctly Korean, though, as well. Like, mm. it reminds me of the Korean places I've. I've visited this. Yeah. Are you the head chef at Tomoto? Yes, yeah. And do you live on Waiheke? Yes, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I've been to the shed when Bronwyn Late was cooking there mm. and I had a kimchi pancake. Mmm. Yeah, Bronwyn loves Asian food as yeah, well. Yeah, she'd like, put lots of interesting influences in her food, eh? Yes, yeah. She's at 372 mm. now. Love um, 372. Mm. And is this, good this is your first head chefing role? Yeah. Yeah. Is that Woo-hoo! exciting to be able to have control over a menu and sort of sneak attack people with your totally. heritage in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been like an exciting venture for me now and still now, uh, like presently. Um, How long have you been in the role? Five months. I'll oh, say. that's so yeah, awesome. How exciting. Yeah. you have a busy Waiheke summer coming up? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Auckland is coming through, so... I mean, like, yeah, I don't want Bloody know. townies. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy's a winery like, though, for, for our you listeners? taking over in May and then having a year like we've had? That must be it was, stressful. Yeah, it was. It was very stressful. Like, um, the day that I got offered the job and told um, Black Estate, it, yeah, it, and it was just, like, so ambiguous because we just didn't know what was going on. Is Black Did Estate Christchurch? Uh, it's North, cool. yeah, North Canterbury. Oh yeah, that big beautiful wine. They have real good. Um, they have lovely wines. Music. Yeah, like a, it's a they have venue a very good for taste of music. Yeah, of I think yeah. Connor Moxon played the. They're like, cool. I've met, I've met the owners. They're really cool. Mm, Pen and Nicholas. Yes, I think I got drunk. So how did once. you get poached <laughs> from? Um, I was going to say how did you get poached from Canterbury to Waikiki? 
Um, so a friend of mine, Rory Dunleavy, he's part of the family who owns Tomoto. Oh, yeah, the Dunleavy's, yeah. yeah. The Dunleavy's, yeah. One of them was uh, uh, my niece's creche teacher in Devonport. Oh, I've yeah. met Sam, I think, who's another family member. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the winemaker now. I think he's kind of like Devonport on an island. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Or for wicked. a few lunatics and activists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. De- definitely ch- talking about a small part of Waiheke. Yeah. yeah. Diverse place. Yeah, very diverse. I love it. Can I ask a food, quick food question about your recipes? Mm. What are garlic scapes? Garlic scapes is usually like the byproduct of the garlic itself. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's just like a shoot, like this long circular. Is um, it the green thing that starts to grow when you keep your garlic? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh. What does that look like in, in the supermarket? In the supermarket, it's just like, um, like thin cylindrical... Uh, stems. Were they in a bundle? Like they are in a bundle. Yeah, like with five like a or piece six. of tape around. It. Yeah, with a yellow tape around it. Okay, okay. I think I know what you mean, but for some reason, oh, I thought okay. it was a garlic chive. Garlic chives are like sort of like um, spring onions chives. Yeah, vibes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking at a garlic scape now. They're yeah, like curly tentacles. They look like long fingernails. <laughs> What's the difference in flavor? Um, so it, it, it tastes garlicky, of uh, garlicky, of course, um, but it's quite subtle. And then the texture is, it's hard to explain. It's sort of like a bok choy, but they're not as watery, a little bit more dense. Um, it's a lovely texture, and you just stir fry it and have it as a panchan, yeah. which is a side dish in Korea. And I've just opened a uh, choco pie. Mm. Can you tell me about these? Choco pie. Um, and is this a Are they Korean? Korean? Well, I actually did a bit of research in the morning before coming here, and apparently these originated from the United States. Mm. Um, and they have, a, they, have a, they have a slightly different variance. It's like a biscuit rather than a sponge. Okay. But it's the same with marshmallow and chocolate on the outside. It's pretty delicious. Mm. Similar to a mallow puff, really. But, yeah. You know, on the, in the same family tree <laughs> of the mallow puff. And are you... Getting together to celebrate Chosok with your friends and family, or oh, yeah, I'll be calling my brother and my auntie and my uncle in Korea, and um, yeah, celebrate with them on Zoom. Mes- yeah, messenger or Zoom. Yeah. If you're zooming an elder and you want to sip your drink, do you have to just shoot off screen? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. It was really funny. Like, um, I never. I never got, like, I was growing up with all of these traditions, but yeah. then to put it into practice, like, when I went back to Korea. Um, last year, I was like certain things you just don't do in front of your elders, like have a cigarette yeah. uh, with your uncle. And my mum was just like, "What the fuck are you doing? Oh. Like, are you serious?" And I was like, "Where in the mum?" And you're like, "Mum, it's chill. I'm from New Zealand." Now. Yeah, yeah. And my <laughs> uncle was like, "Oh, it's all good, you know." But and he was really relaxed about it. But usually, like, there is just certain things you don't do. Like after the choose off meal, I was like so tired because I've eaten so much, and then I was lying down. And my auntie was like, hey, get up. Like, you're not supposed to, like, show that you're relaxed in front of your elders. Like, you can't even lie down, you know? I just don't know how you can do not do that after Chuseok. Like, I I imagine you've eaten so much that you need to, you know, recompose yourself. Yeah, and just relax, right? Mm. But, yeah, you're supposed to be just always sit upright and show that, like, you're attentive. When I was a a young boy, we'd always go out to... um, Indian for my birthday, that was my choice. Mm. I would eat so much food that I'd have to go and lie down on the concrete out on the street <laughs> to <laughs> sort myself out. 
But we're really honoured that you've um, joined us for Chusok. It's really cool to have you on Dietary Requirements um, you know, and, and, and learn more about Korean food because I think it's such an important part of, of the potential of food and the way we share it. And it's, I'm really, really excited to engage with it in a, in a completely different way now and to visit you at the Shed over summer. Thank you for coming. Thank so you nice for to meet me. you. Thank you. Thank you to Jane for recording. Thanks, Jane. Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.